ready? Like, spin the bottle. With you got a fan for life. <laughs> with dead spin Palmer. the bottle with dead lo- Spin the spin Palmer. The Palmer. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to Reaction Shots for December. What more holiday vibe can you get than David Lynch? We're talking about David Lynch this month. We've got Michael Huber. Jingle all the way. Yeah. More holiday vibes. Than Arnold David Schwarzenegger. Lynch. Yeah. And we've got Matthew Walden. Hey there. Who turns out is a bit of a David Lynch fan. Yeah, a small, a small amount. Small amount. He brought all of his uh, accoutrement here. Lots I did. Of, I brought uh, show and tell. Yeah. We've got pop figures. We've got posable action figures. We've got every book. It's like QVC when I come on your show. <laughs> I apologize. The imported. I love it. Like autobiography here of this Agent is, Cooper, yeah, yeah the, in Japanese. Agent uh, Cooper's Japanese autobiography, <laughs> which I'm sure he wrote himself. Yeah, oh I'm my a god, I'm a good little consumer boy. <laughs> <laughs> if speak, I like something, I'm gonna get all. Can of you it. read Japanese? Not well. I could probably read maybe twenty percent of that book. Wow, I'm trying. I'm getting hey, better. That's better than I can do. For example, that says Koopa. Oh, yeah, which I think stands for Cooper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be my guess. Great. That'd be my guess. Yeah. It's mostly just about Koopa Troopers from Mario. Anyway, uh, but before we dive into our main... T- Man, the feel of this book is really nice. It's got yeah. a good book feel. It's got a really good book feel. Um, oh, and the cover just slips off. Uh, before we dive into our main topic, I need to see what this book looks like behind the dust jacket. Oh, Ooh, it's like an old notebook. Anyway, sorry, I'll stop manhandling your stuff. Oh, please manhandle it. Um, anyway, before we get into the David Lynch, let's talk about what you've enjoyed lately. Agnostic, from you know, independent from the David Lynch theming. Michael Huber, what have you liked recently? Just a little film called The Irishman. Oh, I've heard of it. I'm jealous. I the haven't had four hours yet. Yeah, I haven't. I, hours, but as soon as I get four hours, it's I happening. S- I set aside seven hours and watched it twice. Yo, I watched it Did once. You? I watched it once on my own and then once with Beth. Wow. Yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> you're my dad's. My dad loves mafia history. Mm. Super. Dads tend to love mafia. History history buff, dude. Kennedy buff, mafia buff. Just loves that era. Got me into it. So I've like grown up with all this kind of like secondhand knowledge of the mafia. And I and Boardwalk Empire is my favorite show of all time. It's like literally my number one. So I was just so stoked for this movie, and it was phenomenal. It's amazing. It's incredible. Watch it. You liked it. Loved it. Nice. Loved it. I guess that's the name of this segment. Yes. Couldn't Loved be talking it. about it if you didn't like it. No, it uh, it gave me the feeling of uh, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Just that real good feeling when a movie is so magical that it takes you away to another time and place for just hours on end. You don't even like think about anything else. That's what The Irishman did for me. I uh, So engrossed. When I was at my aunt and uncle's house... My cousin wanted to watch Irishman. He was like, let's watch Irishman. Let's watch Irishman. And I was like, this is the complete wrong setting to watch Irishman. But yeah. he threw it on. And like their TV had judder reduction, like the true motion. And it was driving me insane. 
Uh, every, I just turned someone's off today. I turned, it wasn't my TV, and I said, I'm really sorry. It yeah, was at a reception nice. desk. No. And I was like, can I just borrow your remote control, please? <laughs> I, I have your to turn it off. It I drives probably me look like a jerk. up yeah. a wall. But yeah, anyway, it was, we only watched like 10 minutes because it was just not conducive. It was loud in there. But then later on, like a couple of days later, we were watching the outlaw Jesse Wales. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, Josie Wales. Well, Josie Wales, yeah. And uh, Wales or Wells? Wales. Wales. Yeah. And uh, the judder reduction was so bad that it was causing, like, stepping in motion every, like, like every second. Like the a motion Street Fighter match on the motion. Yeah, it was, like, yeah. lag. Gosh. And Jeez, I was, like, no. I was, like, okay, because they use YouTube TV for their YouTube, for their TV. Got it. So I was, like, okay, this could be internet, but I don't think so. I think it's, like, a weird frame rate judder reduction thing. So then I went to my uncle, and I was, like, hey. Yeah, I need to fix your TV, <laughs> like, and so we did it, and it made yeah. everything so much better. It's That's almost awesome. like a Cronenbergian sickness that's yeah. spreading. Like the more yeah. people use it, the more it'll be everywhere, and people will just expect it. People, well, they it. don't even know, and that'll become the default. They don't even know. Like people will start like demanding that things be that way when they're not. Yeah, oh we have to God. make a stand. Do today. new TVs still come with it? Do, they all do, and, dude, and all it's all on. on it's a travesty. Yeah. TVs still? Dude. It, it's the epidemic is so bad that Tom, Tom Cruise yes, and the director of Mission Impossible Fallout put out a video saying, "Please turn this <laughs> off." Super good. <laughs> Filmmakers work hard, and you're destroying our art with terrible garbage. I have some relatives I might need to send that video to. Yes. Yeah. yeah if they don't listen to you, they'll listen to Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so funny. All right, The Irishman. Anything else that you liked recently? That's pretty much it. I don't know if I talked about 21 Bridges last time. I, I don't know the, what that is. What yeah. is that? I was in the mood for like a B-level rated R action movie, and it's got Chadwick Bosman, Black Panther, and Jack Bozeman in his case. Bozeman, yeah, it is Bozeman. Chadwick Bozeman and uh, Taylor Kitsch, J.K. Simmons, Sienna Miller. You haven't seen trailer for this? J.K. Simmons mm-hmm. showed up. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. It's called 21 Bridges. Rated R cop movie, like, violence, dude. Feel the kill in this movie. Very intense. (laughs) Full disclaimer, though, this is not a spoiler. The entire third act, completely unnecessary, brings the movie down from what could have been a great, great action movie. So it was definitely worth a watch, but I can't outright recommend it. Definitely when it comes to like digital or HBO Go or Netflix or something, sure. like check it out. C- keep it in your back burner radar. So cool movie, but again, the third act was like completely unnecessary. It tried huh. to be more than what the movie was. Huh. So, but cool. That's it. All Saw right. that and Irishman. Matthew? My recent watches, I don't know if they've all been likes. Okay. I yeah, oh, yeah. I'll discuss I was just some seeing, things I liked. You about can just them. talk yeah, about yeah. anything you've seen recently. It. it the the name of the segment doesn't really matter. I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Finally, yes. I was super late to it, and the reason why is because I don't like watching m- movies with other people. Yeah, like dude, I, you, but seventy millimeter. I love it. I have a nice TV. Seventy millimeter, <laughs> though, dude. It's like once every like four years we get to do this. It's uh, it's weird to me when I'm in the <sighs> theater with a bunch of people. And then, like, some lady gets killed or something, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah. I killed that lady. And yeah. I'm like, Ugh. What movie yeah. theater are you going to, Any, any theater in L.A. <laughs> any theater in L.A. And it weirds me out, and then it takes me away from enjoying the movie because I'm thinking about, like, yeah. what's what's up with these people? Yeah. So I watched it at my home. I really okay. liked it, and yeah. I think it was the right choice. 
to watch it cool. at my home as by long myself. as you enjoyed it as and there's some like shocking violence in it which is crazy that Quentin Tarantino still has the ability to do that yeah I go back and watch his other movies his older movies and you get desensitized you forget that the first time you saw Kill Bill you were like ah yeah. it's kind of like eyeball Syrian and now it's just Kill Bill yeah but once upon a time in Hollywood the climax gets quite violent wasn't sure it's how funny I because, felt about it. Well, it's funny because, like, he he has said multiple times, because people are like, oh, don't you think your movie's too violent? And he's like, it's a movie, Jan. It's just fun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I tend, because it's so grotesque and over the top, I almost look upon it as, like, comedic violence. Totally. Because it's so ridiculous. Totally. That it, it spins back around to being, like, not grotesque at all yeah. for me, because it's so over the top. I and agree. I think Kill Bill's yeah. the best example of that. Yeah. Like, how do you not laugh when she's just spinning around cutting everyone's legs off? Yeah. <laughs> like, or Inglorious Bastards or yeah. this, where it's just like, it's so gratuitous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, that does remind me of something I recently saw that I liked. Wow. I uh, have been, probably for the longest time, on this huge kick of Japanese 60s and 70s grindhouse movies, which Kill Bill is definitely making Hell me think yeah. of. So I like just watch hundreds of those that's Sick. like that's my guilty pleasure genre where my quality meter don't feel I'm, much, guilty. I'm much more accepting of like kind of just trashy fun stuff i saw a movie called criminal woman criminal. killing melody is the name criminal. of the movie. criminal woman killing melody great that's a great name. title that for is a, movie. a great title and the movie lived up to it it is like a gang <laughs> of girls with knives getting revenge on people Sick. and uh there's some cool knife fights in the movie they have this like piece of cloth that they keep the one one person in the contest bites on each end and they have to like try and go around in circles stabbing each other with knives <laughs> and you can't let go of the cloth. You can't like unbite can't down go, on ah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it led for some like really cool fun action scenes. It's got great music. Criminal Woman Killing Melody. Uh, Japanese grindhouse movie cool. from the early 70s. Love that. That so, sounds awesome. Yeah. I saw, saw Joker and Joker. I did not like Joker. Yeah, that like doesn't make either. me original, but I didn't like it. I thought it was good. I thought, but I didn't think about it a day later. It's, yeah. it's been out of my mind since oh, I left funny. the movie. Yeah, I left the movie theater and that was it. I, I, was like, was I thought it was bad and I've thought about it a lot. That's hilarious. Yeah, that, well, I, it, I thought the movie was so well made and then mm. the last 5% of the movie really lost me and I don't want to mm. ruin it. Yeah. Go see it for yourself. Make up your own mind. Totally. Well made movie. Didn't like where it was coming from. I actually thought, I don't know. I have a thing with like, self-destruction arcs in movies. Yeah, you do. Which is, like, why I don't love gangster stuff often. I don't love, like, Sid and Nancy or whatever. I'm just like, all right, you're doing this to yourself, man. What about Thelma and Louise? Haven't seen it. Oh, okay. But, like, Butch Butch, and Butch Cassidy and Sundance, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I like that one. Love. With the, like, eight-minute, like, <laughs> raindrops keep falling this? on my head, bicycle montage okay, or whatever. That shit's hilarious. It's hilarious. So he, like, he gets mad and he's like, the future's all yours, lousy bicycle. And bicycle. <laughs> like, that's such a great line. But it's like, but weirdly, Wild mm. Bunch I don't dislike because it's like they're trying to get out, yeah. you know, and it goes the wrong way. One but, like, last job. Yeah, but like sometimes it's just like, man, I just, you're, you're I chasing don't the care. rabbit. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, I don't care watch. about you. Yeah. Just hurry up. Um, about Japanese movies, I've been trying to track this movie down. I was at Amoeba, and they didn't even have it. This movie called Floating Weeds. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, either? that's the Ozu movie. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I, there's two versions of it. There's okay. a, he, he made it twice. I Dude, think there's like a black and white and maybe a, maybe there's a silent one, too. He remade if, it himself? If anyone, you want me to track it down for you? I'll track it down for you. If anyone can track this movie I'll down, hook you up. please, thank you. I'll hook yes. you up with Floating Weeds. Yes, yeah. I really want to watch Floating Weeds. Yeah, no problem. Okay. What, what made you want to watch it? 
Uh, His stuff is cool. We uh I've I've been getting into just Japanese like dramas and like Korean and Chinese dramas. So I've been watching like Ash's Purest White and Parasite, obviously, and like Burning. Yeah. yeah. And Burning. Then I was getting Incredible. into like Ozu yeah. and like poetry and floating Ozu's weeds. Slow. Ozu is yeah. slow. Also, but he's slow for me, so and I like bad. slow shit. The thing, the thing shit. that's yeah. awesome about Ozu to me is like he kind of just like went his own way and like made up his own rules and stuff so like most of his camera angles are super low because that's because japanese people sit on the floor so sat like on the floor the camera? Cool. so everything was like at floor level <laughs> cool it's awesome that's cool. <laughs> yeah have you you've seen kurosawa stuff right Yo, yeah. have you seen ron yeah that's Ron's, my favorite one uh hidden fortress mm. seven samurai fun ron trivia i just discovered uh the guy who i think Rushmore. who did uh kind of Rushmore. like Rushmore. what's yeah. it called when you direct for somebody uh like ghost, like ghost directing, directing or yeah like paul thomas anderson did it for robert altman oh akira kurosawa was losing his eyesight and he had a first ad who ended up pretty much directing ron i'm oh, pretty really? sure I think it's the guy who directed Godzilla and Mothra. I could oh. be totally wrong here. It's definitely a guy who made kaiju movies, but I think it's the director of Mothra. That's awesome. I just watched Mothra for the first time also. That's a that's a recent like. I missed that my whole life. They, <laughs> Sophia you know, loves Mothra. Okay, have you seen it with the singing twins? Yeah. No. yeah and they're that like song miniature, is there's so miniature good. women who are like about this tall, and they sing little surreal David Lynch-style songs the, about the song Mothra to Beckon Mothra. It was cooler and weirder than I thought. It's like a Willy Wonka like kind of weird nightmare what? dream. We'll just yeah. like we'll just like throw that song Mothra on sometimes and listen to it. It's so good. What yeah. a trip. That sounds cool. But I think that, that dude actually directed Ron. That's awesome. Not That's Kurosawa, so funny. But Ron's one of his best. I love one yeah. of their best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that guy did, made a good movie then. Cause yeah, I love Ron. It's like my favorite one. I gotta watch Seven Samurai again. I've never seen Seven dude. Samurai. I have That's like, like a huge gap for me. There's always those movies or those moments, even like video games too, that are just like imprinted so hard in your mind, right? When you watched them for the first time. Yeah. In college, when you just had like a million hours to yeah. spare. Barry Lyndon, Seven Samurai. I'll never forget. Just like Did you watch those. them back to back? No, no, okay. no. Because no. that <laughs> is like, but like you have so much time, it's just like today I'm just gonna watch Barry Lyndon. It's like what a good time of life yeah. that was. I don't yeah. need to go to geology yeah. class. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> What's that? Yeah. I definitely sat down and watched Das Boot yeah. in college. So cool. Barry, uh, 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 Barton Fink is the one that like I think about Barton. One of my favorite Fink movies all the of all time. time. Yeah, I need to rewatch it because like it's good. I think about it like it almost up. every day. Also, I tr I like it's it's I've done it like six times where I've tried to find a gif. Of of him just screaming, look upon me, with the subtitle, look upon me, for when someone isn't, like, responding to a text. Because I always want to send just John Goodman saying, look upon me. Never mind. Really I heard good. in a recent interview that and True Stories were his favorite movies he worked on. Really? Which are also my favorite movies he worked on. So that's Whoa. awesome. He's done, like, dozens of movies. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. We love the same ones. That's funny. Yeah. I don't think I've seen True Stories. Oh, you would love True Stories. That's the Talking Heads. I was going to say, uh, it's Talking Heads, yeah, right? Yeah. It's sort of like a narrative musical. It's weird and cute that and sounds surreal. Awesome. I've heard people compare it to Earthbound. Or they oh. say, like, Earthbound is a video game version of True Stories. If weird. You're for, like, a reference point. Someone that sounds tell great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love Stop Making Sense. Totally different thing, but... Anyway, well, if you already like the Talking, I mean, heads. I love Talking Heads. This is yeah. This movie made me fall in love with Talking Heads. That oh, was kind wow. of my entry point. Into I'm talking already heads. in love with Talking yeah, Heads. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, anything else you've seen lately? I saw Hustlers. 
Well, I never saw that. It's was a it good. It cool. mo- it's a good movie. It's more serious than I expected. Mm. I was expecting mm. fun, good times. I was expecting magic. Mike right. does an ocean eight heist. That's not right. what this was. You it's know, a little more of, of a downer. You know what always gets me jazzed? What? Julia Stiles. Yeah, dude. I was always a pleasure. That. Yeah, I didn't know she was going to be in this. Yeah. Love to see me some Julia Stiles. Love Julia Stiles. Yeah. The acting yeah. in Hustlers was probably the best part of it. A lot of people well, did a good, good job. That's good. Yeah. Uh, J-Lo, dude, was so good. Yeah, she was really She had good. that one line that I do not want to spoil, and it was really Don't good. spoil yeah, it. I'm not going to spoil it. Mm. She's got like one of those like memorable lines, you know? I would check it out, but do it when you're like, I want to watch like a, it's almost like Goodfellas is more the vibe. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. I mean, not that <laughs> violent, but it's like yeah. more of a like a serious, like, yeah. things go wrong kind of an movie. It's an R? Or PG-13? Oh, yeah, it's R. Oh, okay. It's an R. What have I liked recently? Let me think. Parasite. Uh, Parasite was all right. I, it was a victim of everyone saying it's too the best higher. movie of the year. Yeah. So I went and I was like, like weeks yeah. too late. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was like, because so I watched it and I was like, yeah, it's good. It's those damn, it's like Marriage Story now and Irishman. It's like these movies aren't even out. And I don't understand so hyped the up. hype for Marriage it's Story. It's all because of these film festivals, dude. They, yeah. they go to the film festival and then like two months straight of every single website and article in person being like, Best movie of the decade, best movie of the decade. Yeah. And it's like, dude, just let me like Chill, watch yeah, it cool before it. all this. Parasite's probably my fourth favorite movie of the year. Me too. It's, it's really hilarious. good. It's good fourth yeah. favorite. Yeah, yeah. It's my fourth it. favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah, don't miss it. It's, it's, it's my fourth it. favorite. Fourth favorite is good. Yeah, yeah. I think by default, <laughs> because I determined that I only liked three movies this year so uh, far. And I guess by default, Parasite being like, yeah, okay, mm. makes it fourth. It's my fourth. Uh, Knives Out I saw and I actually liked oh, a lot. I, I really like Knives Out. I like movies like that. I like Ryan Johnson's like older stuff. That is a movie I demand to see in a movie theater, Ian. Yeah. Because I want to feel the energy of the crowd as sure. we are all following along on this mystery. Yeah. It. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I want to hear what you think of it. Of it. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. I liked oh, yeah. it. It was cute. It's cute. I mean, don't go and expect I heard there's like, a Thomas Pynchon reference. Ryan Stevens. Yeah. Reached it's, out to me because he knows I, I love Thomas Finch's stuff. Uh, was, it's actually one of the funniest lines in the movie. Okay, it's I'm gonna see it then. That's really all it takes to get funny. me in. Yeah, I won't tell I you. I have what it two is. Thomas Pynchon tattoos because I'm you a do? giant nerd. Yeah, yeah. Who's uh, this person? I've never even heard. He the wrote name. Uh, Gravity's Rainbow Gravity's and Crying of Lot Forty Nine. Good Both fun of which books. I, oh, he wrote the book that Inherent Vice was based on. Okay. I didn't love Inherent Vice. It was I one of like his movie not such great books. He wrote that. I thought it was what's his name. Oh no, that's Infinite Jest. Never mind. Um, yeah, I started the audiobook for Gravity's Rainbow or Crying of Lot Forty Nine, and then I was those like, are hard to listen. Yeah, to. and I was I like, that, you gotta I, look I at stopped those. it. Yeah. I hit stop. I was like, this ain't gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> this is not gonna work. It's, it's hard to parse the sentences when you're looking at them right. ten times in a row. It'd not, be like yeah, trying yeah. to listen to an audiobook of a Cormac McCarthy book or something. Well, I could like, see that. That's what I rewatched, dude. No Country for Old Men. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. Just get Tommy Perfection. Lee Jones to narrate the audiobook of uh, Cormac McCarthy of the, the Road. Can yeah. I briefly interrupt you? Because last time, Ian, we were talking. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> we interrupt each other constantly. <laughs> because we were talking about Watchmen, the movie, the comedian getting thrown through glass, yeah. and how they showed the hell out of it before the movie was out yeah. in the trailers. No Country for Old Men, same thing, where he chokes that cop in the beginning. Yeah. Hadn't seen the movie in like 10 years. That one kill was the most memorable shot of that entire movie upon my rewatch, dude. I, I don't know. It it was haunting. It's a brutal kill. Dude. Done with such like cold 
distance. I was shook up by it. You can see like when when Legit- he's squirming the like marks the he shoe makes. Marks, oh yeah. my god. It's such a perfect movie. Oh yeah. my god. So it, it just made me think of like again, pre-release trailers and hype and like trailers are bad. Them showing one thing over and over so by the time you see it in the theater you're like over it. The Knives Out trailers showed way too much. But whatever. Yeah. Um what else did I like? I'm really really liking Mandalorian and Watchmen. Both are just so good. Oh right yeah, now. so we're rewatching the Star Wars movies yeah, we are. along with Mandalorian. And Phantom Menace is amazing. <laughs> it's I one of the wor- one of the worst no movies I love I've it. ever seen. I love I'm it. I'm not trying to jump on a hate yeah, bandwagon. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. I get that I get if you know, it's Star Wars, we all like and, and dislike <laughs> You know, I just had, I a, I had a hard time getting through it. I love it. I love that you love it. Yeah, I don't want to take away from your enjoyment. Attack of the Clones is horrendous. That's what people I say. Can't, who I can't like handle Phantom it. Menace. I yeah. can't handle. They jump it. to like, okay, Phantom Menace was good, but the second one was horrible. I know. Yeah, yeah the second yeah. one is horrible. I, and I love like one. They all Spoiler alert: they go along. They're all bad. <laughs> all uh, Star Wars. <laughs> um, I really appreciate uh, just the prequels. <laughs> I appreciate the lightheartedness and the pace. Yeah. of Phantom Menace. Well, they're kids' movies. Yeah. George probably movie. should have realized that adults were the people, the target audience now, but like he's always been kind of making them for kids, whatever. They're all fables and people take them way too seriously, in my opinion. Also, I'm kind of done with the new ones. I don't know. I like the new ones. The, the fan, the, the rabid fan base has annoyed me enough to just stop caring. Don't let them win. They haven't won. I just I win because I don't. They don't get to me anymore. Oh, I like Star Wars, but I have it muted. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, know about yeah, any yeah, of the yeah, controversies. Yeah. I just, yo, even <laughs> quick, quick counterpoint. Rewatching the prequels, right? They get so much hate. Obviously, they're not four, five, six, but like, they still have such good world building. Like, I think of seven and eight, dude. I cannot think of one memorable planet. I cannot think of one memorable music track. I There's barely a you plot. Know, There's barely a new memorable s- plot. So at least with the prequels, it's like, dude, Naboo is freaking awesome. Coruscant is freaking awesome. Like these are planets and places that have a heart and a soul and a vibe and a feel. Yeah. Even Attack of the Clones, I give it so much shit. But like, there's so many cool shots. Geonosis, dude. There's just a shot of like one of them riding out of the water on this big flapping thing. Like <laughs> all these cool shots on Tatooine. Like. Seven, I like I like seven and eight, but like, dude, I cannot name one planet, and I and don't say Jakku because we knew about Jakku it before is, any of yeah, the movies also, came Jakku out. Jakku is just tattooing yeah. again. I yeah. don't get it. I don't think I can name any of the exactly. The planets. So there's no for many of the Star Wars. Oh. There's wherever. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. okay, I just don't have them like Dang it. all logged in my mind. But I can so name like is, a, yeah. Coruscant's a good <laughs> okay. one. Uh, yeah, whatever. Star Wars. Ha- Jeremy Hoffman. Old game trailers, friend. Yeah. He uh, threatened to fire me at game trailers because I couldn't rena- remember the name of the ice planet on Star Wars. He's like, come how, on. I was like, come he's on. like how, in the, world did, how right in the world did you get this job yeah. if you don't right, know wait. the name of the ice planet? I was like, Do you I'm remember sorry. it right now? Because of the H? It starts Hoth. with it? Yeah, there it is. Just done. Hoth? Just, just, just yes, you're done. Yeah. You got it. Okay. Well, that's I only know it because I almost got fired for not knowing it. <laughs> which probably most of your audience will agree with Jeremy, not me. But yeah, I was, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't, you I don't, may fall on the. Uh, yeah. I got no. CRS disease. Minor. Can't can't remember shit. Is that real? No, no. <laughs> I mean it's not called that. Oh, CRS. Just can't remember shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, and I've hijacked you like usual. 
I don't even remember what I was talking about. You're talking oh. about things you watched and saw. Oh, <laughs> something I did recently that was really funny. My aunt rented like a uh, like a trailer and put it in the driveway because she likes to go to bed at seven p.m. or something. So like we would be sequestered out into the gaming wing in the driveway uh, <laughs> during Thanksgiving, and it came with a media center, um, which had uh, th- this trailer was hilarious. I was in Arizona. There was a bunch of uh, boxes of bullets in this trailer, and then three DVDs, two Baby Genius DVDs. One of them was Visit to San Diego Zoo, and it was awesome. But also, then it was uh, Olympus Has Fallen. <laughs> Which was so like random. Crime scene. Yeah. Oh, it sounds Someone like a crime scene. Someone was murdered in this trailer. <laughs> but fallen. we threw on the, the Baby Genius thing, and it was so good, because it's just animals with, like, Bach. And you're just, it's awesome. Anyway, but, uh... We discovered by mistake that the, because it's also a CD player for playing just music throughout the trailer, and there's speakers built in, whatever, and it has a random function. So we discovered by mistake that the random function also works on DVDs. So <laughs> it'll, play, it'll play chapters from the DVD in random order. So we bought a bunch of really crappy $3 DVDs from Best Buy uh, on Black Friday, whatever, and so we watched Terminator Genesis out of order. I've never seen it. So like I watched I saw like scene three, the end, the middle, like the opening credits, like all out of order. And it was so funny because we kept we kept catching ourselves being like, This doesn't make any sense. Why is he doing that? And then we're like, oh wait, yeah, right. We haven't seen the first half of this movie. But then Critters 2 we did with random. And also, oh, like um, Critters, Critters 2 was sick. Critters but like, 2 was cool. It was so funny to watch out of order. And like, sometimes it would do a scene a second time. So you'd like, we got like the sec, the almost, the penultimate scene. They're like setting up for the big finale and the music goes all crazy. And then it cuts to like a scene we've seen two times already <laughs> from the beginning of the movie. It was so funny. Isn't, that sounds like a graduate student's like oh, yeah. doctoral like thesis, thesis or something. Thing. Yeah. We like also, mixed media collage or. Isn't the Critters yeah. 2 the one where the Critters ball they, runs huge over ball. the dude yeah, and he we turns saw into that a skeleton? Scene. Do you know this part? We saw that yes. scene. Cool. We also Critters saw, dude. which my, other one did we do? My neighbor had the VHSs. We also did uh, The Great Wall you with know, Matt Damon. Is that John Have you Wu? seen that? I don't oh, know. Yeah, I did see it. It was like a Chinese production, just a money grab, yeah, but an abject yeah, yeah. failure. Yes. It was yes. awful. Even, even only seeing, which I think is the best way to watch this movie. We saw like the beginning twice. Because Mandalorian. And then the very last scene. Yeah. Uh, Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. And then we saw the very end, and then it just happened to go to credits. So we were like, we're free. We're out. But, but the movie was sick because we saw the setup and the payoff and none of the crap nice. in between. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the way to watch The Great Wall. Heck yeah. That movie's bad. It was bad. I saw it in the theater, <laughs> dude. Oh, my God. His accent is all over the place. Yeah. He's, like, Irish sometimes, and he's, like, American most of the time. Oh, man. Oh, man. Rough. Anyway, you, did you have something you were going to say? Mm. Oh, okay. Did you see this Terminator sh- Dark Fate? This is the third one, right? The new third one. The new one. third one? No, but I really want to, especially yeah. after you've talked about it before yeah, it on good. the show, right? That put it on my on nice. my radar, yeah. so I'm hoping to see nice. it soon. Yeah. It was really funny trying to figure out the time travel rules of Genesis while watching the movie out of order. It felt like we were time travelers as well, because we pieced together that they were talking about like alternate timelines and stuff, yeah. but it was like so weird. <laughs> that movie was not good. Ugh. Even Ugh. out of order, it wasn't good. Ugh. All right. Yeah. Let's get into David Lank. Am I saying that right? I think that's right. Yeah. 
Uh, Write in a, the comments if we've got that wrong. Yeah, but I'm pretty ta- sure it's David Lank. I think it's David Lank. Uh, he's a writer, a director, an actor, a musician. That's probably all of it. Weirdo. Probably a painter. He's about a weirdo. Has he ever collaborated with Werner Herzog? I want to see them in the same room. Oh man. Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't yeah, I, I want to see, see that co-op hating each other potentially. They might. Yeah, they'd either be like fast friends or instant like oil and water. <laughs> best yeah. fiends. They'd be best fiends. Well, um, you mentioned Herzog though. I saw <laughs> on the internet the dumbest headline about the Mandalorian. It said, "Oh, Herzog explains if he was nervous or intimidating, get a, getting directed by." Who directed The Mandalorian? A couple people. Bryce Dallas Howard, Howard Taki Watiti. But John Favreau. John Favreau. Like yeah, he was like, were intimidated by them. John Favreau? And I was like, was why would Herzog be intimidated by not everyone not on that John Favreau? But John like, Favreau's great, but everyone <laughs> on that set is intimidated of Werner Herzog, yeah. not the other way around. Herzog directed Fitzcarraldo, and yeah. John Favreau the swingers and he's Iron awesome. Man. He's awesome. The but big still, empty. Still, I'm just saying, like, what a way to phrase it. Yeah, it made me feel old. Anyway, back to David David yeah. Lank. Werner Herzog, dude, next level stuff. Have you ever seen the incident <laughs> at Loch Ness? No, Have I I've talked heard to you about, about this, this before. This fake documentary. It's a mockumentary kind of about the making of a documentary by Werner Herzog about the Loch Ness monster, and Werner Herzog is in it, and it's incredible. Someone. Someone in college just showed up with a burned DVD of it. I had never heard of it before. It I've never seen next anything about it on like anywhere. Like I've never, you know, I've never even heard about it coming out. I just watched a pirated DVD of it, and it was amazing. <laughs> what a movie! Anyway, that's so uh, fun. Love me some Werner Herzog. I, I have a. I had bought my dad a, a, a Blu-ray box set of all of Werner Herzog's movies. I have that box set, and so now I have that box set. And I need to watch them all, and I haven't like had the stamina to watch through all. Stroyzak, because I haven't Stroyzak's seen most of his early one. stuff. Yeah, point of no bad lieutenant. Bad lieutenant. Ooh, that's that's the Port of Call, yeah, New yeah, Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Heart lizards. Of, Heart of Jack Reacher. That one's great. Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher is the villain. And oh, he's basically, oh, I thought you were gonna say Herzog. He's did Jack. I was like, Herzog no. did not do Jack Reacher. What are <laughs> you talking? He's, about? he's just the Mandalorian villain. He sits in a room and he's like, oh, this. Yeah. oh he's the yeah, right, right, Sorry. yeah. He's in like a trailer. He's like yeah. a like a yeah. like a construction site <laughs> construction gangster. gangster. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what's going on? I love it when Werner Herzog just shows up and I stuff. Know, dude. Anyway, David Link. Um. I asked people who uh, what his fa- their favorite Lynch project was, and they had answers. You want to hear them? Yeah, I have a quick question. How many features does Lynch have? Like five? Let me tell it's you. Probably like eight, right? Okay. Let's ca- count on your fingers let's as count I them. read them. Yeah, let's count. Eraserhead, yeah. The Elephant Man, Dune, Blue Velvet, Wild at Heart, Twin Peaks is a show, mm-hmm. but Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me is a movie, so that counts. Lost Highway, The Straight Story, Mulholland Drive, Inland Empire, and I'd then say we got about ten. Yeah, and then Twin Peaks: The Return. He conceptualized as an eighteen-hour movie, um, but it was a show. <laughs> got it. But apparently, someone I saw a thing online where someone actually did it and watched it all as one In big one movie, go? and he said it was way better. Whoa! Um, like that, and I I actually could see how that would. Make That's sense. the creator's intent. One sitting. One sitting. Eighteen hours. Challenge accepted. Yeah, dude. Have yes. you seen it? Have no. you ever watched Twin Peaks? 
I've okay. So I my familiarity with Twin Peaks is college days, not all in a row because my roommate was watching it at the time. So I'd like come in and out, and then like be like studying during some. So I have not. Basically, my personal answer is no because yeah. I have not done yeah. it properly. Twin Peaks, so, I love it to pieces. It's yeah. so funny because like, I I like s morgan stern it for myself where like i give myself just the good bits like i i had re-watched it I, I mean like a decade ago i was re-watching it and like i forgot how like slow and weird the middle of season two gets but then like the end of season two is end some of, of my favorite is stuff yeah me too so it's like the beginning and end of season yeah two are the first excellent. six yeah. and like the last three of season two are fire walk with me and then the <laughs> middle chunk is like oh boy she's like a She's like a bedpost now. Like, what's going on? But yeah. Anyway, remember Josie Packard turns into a I, I bedpost. I like that part. My wife I do hates too. that part. I like that. I like it like, all. Uh, that, that show is hilarious. Like, oh man, Whatever. this character disappears and gets reincarnated as a bedpost, essentially. And like, freaky. That storyline like, never resolves to kinda, my memory. I thought in season three they were gonna bring it back. There's like a weird but they little didn't. hum, and they're like, I was like, oh, is that gonna be? Or was she meant to be that like eyeless thing, eyeless lady? I don't think so. Mm. Yeah, man, the beginning of season three is like yeah. top notch stuff. Oh, I saw the lighthouse. It was good. Oh yeah, I love the lighthouse. That, that was, was the, that was the other that was number two of the three movies I liked this year. Cosmic horror on the mind. Yeah, I, I wanted it to go a little harder in the paint, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it. Why'd you spill your beans? Have you seen the lighthouse? Uh-uh, I really want to, dude. See the lighthouse, dude. The trailer didn't. Get me, but I love the witch. If you so love the I witch, you know like enough. You I want to see you it. Love yeah. it. You, short, you love it. A short film played before it by Jonathan yeah, Glazer called The Fall. Do oh. you know Jonathan Glazer, Under the Skin? Yes. I love Under, Under the, the skin. skin. is cool. He did a short film called The Fall, and I highly recommend that everyone watches it. And they're just like it. attached to each other? You go see Lighthouse and get that he as a bonus? Did. I, I did. did. He did. And it is. I didn't oh. have it. Weird. Do not look into it at all until after you've watched it. Cool. That, that was, goes that was for you too. The fall, short film. Not Jonathan the Tarsem film. No, not Sh- the t- which is also fun. There's an official website. It's great the visuals. Fall, the fall short film. Just Google it. Google Watch it. it. But don't read on it first. Don't, yeah, but read after. Because, no think pieces. Yeah. Well, that was with. He under did the an skin, interview about it with Under the Skin. It was interesting because like I learned a bunch of stuff about the, how they shot it after I watched it, mm. which made me appreciate the movie way more. Yes. Yeah. Anywho. Sorry. So like nine. Feature film. Cool, 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 cool. Eight or nine or ten. Cool. Uh, anywho, favorite project by David Link. Tyler Travis said, uh, I could talk for days about Lynch, but the one thing I can say is that you need to watch the straight story to see how versatile he can be. Also, Lost Highway. That would be a double feature. Those I two have together. Not, straight story is one of the, I haven't seen like two or three of his, and straight story is one of the ones I haven't seen. I've seen all of Twin Peaks. Which ones haven't I seen? I've seen all of Twin Peaks. I haven't seen Elephant Man, Dune, Elephant Man. Or Straight that's another Story. one that's really hard to track down. I always tried to track that down with Anthony Hopkins. Couldn't do it. Maybe Isn't times John, have changed. John Hurt. John Hurt is Elephant Man, yeah. right? Yeah. It wasn't? Oh, yeah. Hopkins is like his doctor. Have you seen? There's a. <laughs> I think it's um, uh, Limitless Guy, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. I think it's Bradley Cooper and Jimmy Fallon, maybe. There's like a. 10 minute outtake from the Jimmy Fallon show where they're trying he was in a pl- Cooper was in a play about the elephant man John 
uh, somebody Merrick, um, and and they're trying. He's trying to talk about this serious, really debilitating, you know, problem that this guy had, yeah. but they can't stop laughing. It's Is it just about something unrelated. They're, they're laughing, laughing about yeah. something completely yeah. unrelated. Like yeah. they 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 got the giggles, but it's like yeah. the funniest clip I've maybe one of the funniest <laughs> clips from a talk show I've ever seen because it's just like. They can't stop, and like the subject they're trying to talk about is so serious. Uh, anyway, whatever. Uh, Rui Mendez says, as a body of work, I've got to say Twin Peaks. He's never been as expressive as he was in season three, and a movie. I think Twin Peaks season three is the that's only show the I like. That's the return. Yeah, yeah. Okay. the only show I like that's come back. Yeah, I think it's maybe the only one that's done it well and not been kind of like goofy and off. Well, let's talk like, about this for. Let's just jump right into this because uh, we'll avoid. We'll try to avoid spoilers, but to some extent, it's going to be tough. Maybe, but we'll like, keep it. We'll keep it broad. Yeah. yeah, but like the weirdest thing with Twin Peaks, and it's funny because someone commented this that watching it week by week was preferable for them, and I have the exact opposite response because I was getting so annoyed with Dougie. And stuff like I was really disliking most of the middle of the return while I was watching it, but now that it's done, I love it. Like I love the return. I can say uh, not from Twin Peaks perspective, but Lost. Watching the writer strike season when oh the my boat God. comes and it's Apollo like the, and Nikki. The action uh, season. It was like shorter and just one big action thing. Hated it, despised it when it was on the air, and then I rewatched the entire show, like binging it with my wife, and that season stood out as amazing because it literally is one big action movie. Oh, weird! And it played like that too when you just watch it all back to back to back. I, so I wonder. I because I came to Lost like a season and seven seven eighths late, mm -hmm. so I got to binge season one and most of season <laughs> two before catching up to the show. Yeah, and. I immediately realized that that show was built for binging. Totally. Like, that show is way better if you yeah. don't have to wait. Mm -hmm. But if you have to wait, it sucks. Season three is like a very, very bold gamble yeah. for Twin Peaks. Because it's about frustration and yeah. sadness and loss and not getting the thing you want. And when you're in the middle of him doing that to you for hours in a row of frustrating you and not giving you what you want... You're like, this guy's lost the plot. I yeah. don't even know if he's in charge of this thing, if he yeah. knows where this is going. And by yeah. the end, he makes that the theme of right. the whole season. And then you're like, okay, you had a point. You're going somewhere. Now now I appreciate it and love it. Completely. I'm not sure if you could achieve that any other way. And it's but like, season three is it's a challenge to get through intentionally. Yeah. Right. And that's such a that's such a him thing to do, you know, like yeah. whatever. But like, there's like a three minute shot of someone sweeping the floor. Someone sweeping the floor, and then a phone rings, and like, there's an aside yeah. thing to just that. The only point of it is just like, well, he's still up to that, I guess. Like, he's I still doing it, that old I thing. That's not a good pitch to get someone no, in. But, but it, yeah, <laughs> it it makes me think of legacy and loyalty, right? Like, if you were watching that and it was anyone other than Lynch or Twin Peaks, would you have stuck around and given it the time of day? Yeah, I don't know. Probably, probably not. I was it's like ravenous. kind of the built-in trust mm -hmm. from like ten yeah. movies. So yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, okay, I'll I'll wait this out. Well, it was which is cool because he can like because he has that that pull or that perspective right there. He yeah. can like make 
Twin Peaks 3, like, that slow-paced. That's yeah. a cool position well, to be a, in. It was a really interesting experience watching it in real time week to week because, like, I was really frustrated and annoyed <laughs> by most episodes because they didn't deliver any, like, on, on much when viewed as just an episode of a show. Um, but I was ravenous for the next one. I was always, I was never out. I was awesome. just like, I need to watch, you know? <laughs> and and it, like you said, it all recontextualized itself at the end and made me appreciate the whole thing way more. And I do really think, just like Lost and that, that guy that watched it all in one sitting is like, because Lynch always said, this is a movie. He's an 18-hour movie, mm-hmm. basically. And like, yeah, I like it's even paced like that. Wow. Like the pacing seems, yeah, it's not made to be split up. Yeah, I will say not to scare people off from Twin Peaks because it does have that aspect. Like yeah. if you're in for it, you're gonna be in for a challenge. But it's also very, very generous to its audience when it wants to be. Yeah, there are these payoffs and like oh emotionally very sweet moments that you won't get in hardly anything else that make it worth the trouble and. It has some of the coolest villains in storytelling history, especially season three, which if you haven't gotten to that point, I won't tell you much about the villain, but the villain of season three, phenomenal acting. And the villain of, you know, some of the, like, early... Because there's surprises about villains throughout. Right. Like, cool. you, you're not the sure who's going to be villain, a villain. And then there's the villain, and the then there's bad. the villain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and villains possessing good people yeah. and turning them into villains. And it's very funny. Uh, I hate body snatching, dude. If yeah, you, it, I there's hate a little it. bit of that. It's so boring, dude. Body snatching, um, like, that's that's my Kyle Bossman thing. It, uh, where I'm just, uh, like, I'm out body snatching. This but you don't know someone's for, been body this snatching isn't, until it's a not even. It's yeah. not even, yeah. like, body snatching. It's okay. like... It's more like looking in at the dark side yeah. that most humans it's like, already have in them, and you're like, oh, unfortunately, that person also had that dark side to them. And then it makes you go like, oh, but they're also really sweet at the same time. Yeah. That feels weird and gross that the same person could be wonderful and terrible. Yeah. But then I, I, that's what draws me to it is because I don't find that enough in movies. Like mm-hmm. Movies tend to be very Machiavelli. Not Machiavellian. What's the other one? Uh, so what am I thinking? Black and white, where it's yeah. like there's oh, another yeah. word. I'm yeah. I sound dumb. I'll come up with it at the end. <laughs> but you know, it's like it's usually like Stark. Here's your good person. Here's your right, bad right, person. Right. And, and in real life, I find that the people I hate tend to do like really amazing, sweet things. Sometimes I'm like, what are you doing? I'm supposed to hate you. Don't do right. that nice thing. Now you're confusing me. Right. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like, like the heroes and the villains and and the whole point of Twin Peaks is like. It's all gray area, you know? It's it's so cool. Also, yeah, it's not like body snatching. It's more like body duplication or triplication or I don't even I want like hard no body snatching, but I always am like <sighs> like anytime that plot line I like I'm rewatching I'm watching The Magicians. There was like a part where like Oh, body snatched. Uh oh, yeah. and I'm just like, no, like don't do this plot line. <laughs> Lost does it too, don't they? Like a little, oh, yeah, like the evil monster. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing that gets me is in shows where it's like you, like you know, but the characters don't. Bad, does Cylons oh. count? Bad in Battlestar, does Cylons count as body snatching? Because it kind of dope. feels like it. Where you're like, Cylons are doesn't dope. Really count. Okay, well, I would say I'm Twin Peaks doesn't count in the same way. <laughs> okay, Twin, okay. Peaks, Twin okay. Peaks is like a weirder non-scientific, <laughs> non-sci-fi. Cylons. Cool. I am not into and it the makes Cylons. no sense. It's <laughs> not yeah. like, it's in him. Watch out. It's not yeah. that kind it of thing. It makes perfect it's more sense. <laughs> well, I mean, it intentionally doesn't make like plot sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh my god, Twin Peaks. We could, this could just be a Twin Peaks, but po- I mean, there are Twin Peaks podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on. Oh, one I have one a map. Time. Yeah. Oh, why? I went to. I went to. Uh, I said. I meant to say. Wow. I said. I went why, to like up where this was filmed, up in Snoqualmie, because oh. I'm a huge nerd. I went like maybe like five or six years ago, oh my and God. this is a map of all the different locations of the movie you can go to. It's pretty cool if you want to check it out or the show also. But like you know, you can go to the the diner, the double R diner. You can go Does, to the uh, sheriff station. You can go to like. Oh, there's like Big Ed's gas farm. It's really fun. They hand that out, they handed that out at the Double R Diner. I'm sure oh it's been God. remade now because of so season good. three. Um, there's a uh, there's a relevant comment I could pepper in here. Colt Smith says that their favorite Lynch project is Twin Peaks for sure. The show is absolute magic. It has darkness, twisted themes, zany silliness that comes off scary as hell, confusion, and a good mystery and sub- superb direction at the center of all that. And that isn't even getting into how fantastic the acting is on the whole. Not to mention that I am from Snoqualmie, oh, cool. near Seattle, where the bulk of the show was filmed, so it feels like a weird Silent Hill version of my home. <laughs> okay, Colt Smith, I want to come party with you next yeah. time I'm in Seattle. Get in touch, Colt. <laughs> I, I want to party in your Twin Peaks home. Because That's the perfect description, too, is like it's a weird s- Silent Hill version. Because yeah. I grew up in a really small town in the Midwest that has like sort of Twin Peaks vibes, mm. And like yeah, it felt like watching as a kid. Like it felt like watching a Silent Hill version of my hometown. God, I love that show. I I I'm sure once you get around to properly watching it, you will you will be I in. Need to. You will I be mean, in. Like, Knowing what I know about you, you'll you be you in. would really yeah. like it. But also like you will really not like the stuff that pretty much everyone else doesn't really like. It. Like some some plot lines are just kind of whatever. Like James is kind of annoying, whatever. But like James has always been cool. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah it's it's a weird zany funny is deadly show. premonition the best twin peaks game ever Ian? i yeah <laughs> nice it's have you played deadly premonition i'm playing through it I for have. the first time yeah, ever yeah, right now i have i'm playing through it and i'm really loving it I, i'm playing it piecemeal because i can only play it on streams with don i caught some of the stream one afternoon oh funny yeah, like, <laughs> let me check in on them yeah it's it was it's it's a singular title because, like, the last stream we did, we played for, like, two and a half hours, achieved nothing, and had a blast. <laughs> like, we bought a car, and that was all that happened, really. We just, like, drove around <laughs> being confused. Anyway. Um, Twin Peaks is amazing. Oops. Why did that just happen? Uh, Zach Wojnar, I think. I remember we they told me the Americanized version is Wojnar, but the old version is Woynar, I think. Got it. Uh, Sounds, is that Polish? Sounds Polish? I think so. Yeah. Or, yeah. Blue Velvet is their favorite. It maybe is the most mainstream of his works. That's crazy to say. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but Mulholland is it? Drive. If that's Mulholland the most drive. mainstream. Mulholland yeah. Drive. Drive achieved mainstream status, yeah. but it's still very weird. Yeah. Yeah. Blue Velvet is a little more Blue direct. Velvet is out there. It's out there, but out like there. as far as plot goes, it's pretty straight. I've seen Blue Velvet. Did and you, what's your Mulholland. take on Blue Velvet? I don't remember anything about it. He it's put his so disease long. in me. <laughs> yeah. Baby wants to fuck. Like. Remember that? <laughs> I remember the memes and like, yeah. And I just remember like. Heineken. Sex. Fuck that shit. <laughs> we drink Paps Blue Ribbon. I remember Mulholland Drive, like this weird conversation. I, <laughs> they are dream-like like movies. Yeah. So they're hard they're to dream. And they're my, problem is, my problem is too, when I watch them, um, it's like, I st- I'm gonna start Mulholland Drive at 1 a.m. Like right. bad idea, yeah, dude. Yeah. I've learned the hard late. way. Yeah, it's college. A little dude. late in the night for that sort of thing. Yep. Uh, Mulholland Drive. I think. 
I remember Mulholland Drive it. is was number one on the AFI's top 100 films of all time, if I'm not mistaken, or AV mm. Club, or maybe both. Not AFI. I thought it was. No way. Yeah, it ran. Mulholland Drive no, no, is kind of like grown into really great critical reception. Surprisingly, yeah, I was shocked. I'm looking it up right now. That's a good movie. I remember, but I don't remember anything about it. Do you you have that? You remember liking a movie, but you cannot place it? Most movies that I see have a terrible memory. Yeah. I can't remember the Star Wars planet names. (laughs) I love the Star Wars (laughs) movies. (laughs) Everything in my life is a blur, but I generally remember feelings. Yes. I remember feelings Um, and imagery more than plot. Yeah, not even while I'm watching a movie. I'm like, what happened 20 minutes ago? (laughs) Not AFI. I didn't even make the list. I don't know what list I was thinking of, but it shocked me that it was number one. Whatever. Maybe sight and sound? Who knows? Ah. Hmm. Uh, hmm. <clears throat> Jordan Elder uh, went into Twin Peaks knowing nothing, came out knowing less. 25 years thing is beyond impressive. You know about this about Twin Peaks, right? At the parts of Twin Peaks uh, season one, they mm. have this hallucinatory red room, which I'm sure you've seen. The, red, the red, red curtains. Yeah. Looks like and this. Then, yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. They, like, Laura Palmer says, oh, I'll see you in 25 years. And then, like, they pick back up 25 years later in real life and in the show 25 years later. I Fair love, like, planting yeah. the flag on the moon, saying, yeah. we're going to do this. And it's it, like, like almost didn't happen. Feat. And it was like, he, like, David Lynch, like, held Showtime hostage for more money. <laughs> it's like, oh, bonkers. I do remember that. I remember that. Yeah. But, like, yeah. part of, this is just a Twin Peaks podcast now, whatever. Yeah. But, like, I won't say what it is, but the most, my favorite moment of the return and the most emotionally payoffy mo- moment felt all that su- all that much sweeter because like it felt like it had actually been like a 25 year yeah. you know and like you know what I'm talking about right yeah mm-hmm. and like oh my god it was that, like, glorious it's like that unattainable but then they like, take it away from you <laughs> it gives you that feeling and it's like no you can't have that, that. one they don't yeah. that one stays good oh okay okay in yeah, real yeah, life okay. it got sad yeah, yeah, yeah. Le- later because you can't the act- one of the actors died, but you can't force that, and that's yeah. that's why I love Avengers Endgame is because you can't force these decade long real time commitments, you right, know. So right. like, it's really cool that something yeah. like that can come back and like. It's like I haven't seen any of them, but it's like the Seven Up series, which I imagine is just incredible. You I know, saw the first up? one and didn't watch any of the others, so I think I'm missing the point. Probably, yeah. I think you need to see that. The series. Seven Up series. It's a documentary There's series where it follows. Seven Up, fourteen Up, twenty one Up. I think it's like Boyhood, the documentary. Every seven yeah. years, I believe this oh. this filmmaker catches up it's with the, the same 70s, group of kids. I think it's yeah. yeah, and they're at like sixty whatever up. I'm bad at math, but they, he's been doing it every whatever seven years. Some of them end up homeless, and you're like, oh, that kid seemed kind of promising. Yeah, that, that sucks that their life fell on such hard times. It's like, interesting seeing where these kids go in real life. Yeah, yeah. That what a depressing gnarly. enterprise it must be to yeah. just sit down and watch those in a row and just be like, well, there's yeah. a, someone's entire life in in an afternoon. Whoa. Yeah, never saw Boyhood either. It's decent. Yeah, yeah. it's decent. Bobby it's got Zemeckis, some good parts right? In it. No, it's, it's like Link later. Pro. Link, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm. Car- Carl Williams' favorite. We're like four notes in. <laughs> We're never getting it. Uh, Carl Williams' favorite Lynch project is The Elephant Man. Uh, compared to Lynch's other products, this is pretty straightforward. Uh, primarily because of the subject matter, um, a man with abnormal body deformity that tries to gain acceptance of others in spite of how he looks even when he's mistreated and abused by others who think very little of him True and story. the line of i am not an animal i am a human being is very powerful 
a very emotional movie that was put into the right hands with Lynch. Yeah, I feel bad for not having seen that one. Always None of tried us have to. seen that. Really? I've seen that Elephant Man. Damn yeah. it. I've been afraid. Give me these damn movies. I feel like I sad. need to see it because it might unlock something about Lynch's movies because Lynch has a tendency to include people with disabilities yeah. who look different from other people. Mm-hmm. And I can't quite tell. He does it more than other people's movies. It's almost like the Todd Browning movie Freaks. Yeah. And I can't tell if... I don't know how he's using it thematically quite. And I think the Elephant Man might help put that in context. Yeah. Like, obviously, there are amazing actors with disabilities who maybe look differently uh, than your average actor. And I think it's great to put them in movies. But sometimes David Lynch is like, look at this creepy person. Right, and I'm like, I'm right. not sure if that's the best way to do it. But I'm sure Elephant Man will give a great mm-hmm. grounding on where he's coming from. Because it is a true story. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like Yodorowsky, like loves amputees for whatever reason and like they're in all of his movies and like with that it definitely seems to me that he's using it for like shock value like mm. oh this is so weird you know and i mean there's a weird yodorowsky connection with david lynch because david lynch obviously directed dune and yodorowsky was gonna do dune watch the documentary yodorowsky's dune it is amazing that movie is so good the movie's coming out next year what dune oh the, the denny villeneuve one yeah that's gonna be bonkers but uh, Yodorowsky's doing as a documentary. Did you see that? It's like, I didn't it didn't see actually it. come You'd to fruition. It. The movie. Yeah, I heard, I heard all about it. Yeah, design, I've yeah. read. Sounds incredible. I've read Dune, uh, but I've never seen any of the adaptations of Dune because I don't know. The Lynch one is weird. It's a train wreck. I want to see it because it's like Kyle MacLachlan and Sting. It's just like okay, how can you go wrong? <laughs> it was sort of like a big budget, like crazy disaster, I and it sounds that. like the filmmaking process was a little bad and weird. Yeah. Uh, this book I have, Room to Dream, David Lynch's weird autobiography. <laughs> um, he does like a mix of someone writes one chapter about his life, like a journalist, and then he writes a response. Oh, a funny. Response that, like, here's my take on that. It's very interesting. That's it kind of an awesome auto- idea. It's one of the best autobiographies, biographies I've ever read. It made me like Lynch more as an artist Maybe less as a human. Okay. It well, seems like he sacrificed his whole life and all his relationships to his weird art lifestyle. He, yeah. Wow. And he and then like maybe his family life suffered or maybe he wasn't like the the nicest person, but he wasn't like a bad person. Yeah. But just well, like it's I've, a complex human being. What yeah. I've heard, I, I can't remember where this quote was from, but some of the women that he was married to or with, they all kind of said like. You realize that you come second. Like art is the only thing he really cares about, mm. and everything else is second. And he probably like cheated on him or whatever too. Like I don't know. Oh, it sounds like everyone got their feelings hurt at some point. Yeah, yeah. like he's not not a, <laughs> not a solid romantic partner probably. Uh, but he's also just so bizarre. <laughs> I met him one time. Uh, Tell me about it. What kind yeah. of energy did you feel? Really good. Avuncular, right? He was like, yeah. Kind of like a... He seemed like a cool grandpa. Yeah, he seemed like somebody's cool grandpa that you wanted to hang out with. It was at a... We, I met him at a... Some people of film, film school and I went to this transcendental meditation, like, retreat in He's Iowa really into or that something. Stuff. He loves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was funny because, like, they were doing... Like, he and Donovan and everybody, they were doing, like, Q&As and stuff. And it was clear they wanted to be talking about Transcendental Meditation, but all anybody wanted to talk about was his movies. Uh, and, I mean, I've told the story a billion times, but, like, the the, the standout, because he has this weird speech pattern, and um, 
because he you're never sure if he's done talking. He talks like Gordon Cole in yeah, Twin Peaks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like so you were never sure if he was done, and so every, there was always a pause and then laughter and then applause uh, after he was done talking. But someone someone just walked up to the mic and said. Um, I've noticed that in all of your movies, you have characters coming from the darkness into the light. Um, can you talk about that? And then he just like he's sitting back, you know. And then he leans up to the mic and he's just like, um, "I like to see characters come from the darkness into the light." And then he leans back, and then everyone's like, "Ah, yeah!" <laughs> you know, it was really funny. But it was like the most him answer, you know. It is a cool effect, dude, coming from darkness to light. Oh yeah. He's it, clearly a genius in an artistic way, but yeah. there's something about him that seems like just completely lost in that world. Like there was controversy about like he said some dumb stuff about Trump. Like I'm willing to forgive Trump if he's he's got a good heart or something. Oh like yeah, that. he said something he weird said something like, like that. it'd be it, it'll shake things up or what? Yeah, whatever. And he believes 9/11 conspiracy theories <laughs> way before everyone in the country believed conspiracy theories. Yeah. He was early, and I just you know he he seems like kind of off in his own universe of his own head. I don't. Yeah. This is a weird like I feel like yeah he doesn't exist in this reality. He's to his own kinda. like yeah <laughs> but like I mean that's his own fault like because he's made the choice to l- exist almost primarily inside his mind I think you know. But like there's a really fun um on the making of Twin Peaks I can't remember if it was Firewalk with me or season 1 but there was a part where he was in they tell a story about he was in the editing room working with the editor or the sound guy or whatever. And he, uh, one of the actors was walking by and distinctly heard him say, like, they were, like, watching back a scene and David Lynch was just like, oh, so that's what I meant by that. You know, <laughs> he, he was just, like, totally free to, to discover things later. He just, so awesome. He goes by impulse, from what I can tell, a lot of the time, which is kind of nuts. It's a bold way to do stuff, and it's really cool. Wow. I, want, I actually have a question for you, because you've read... Uh, I've read this, all this nonsense. Every well, piece of thing I can read. And you've read this though, which is Twin Twin Peaks the novel. There's also the missing what is it called? The final dossier. Yeah. dossier. Final dossier. So wait, it goes, there's one uh, other Twin one, Peaks though. one, two, then Firewalk with me, then the return. Um you need yes. to Yes. That's the best yes, order to watch. That's the best 100. order to watch it in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cut, but technically Firewalk with me is a prequel to the show, but yeah. you do yeah. not want to watch it first. Definitely. You do yeah, not yeah. want to watch it first. Um isn't there another one called like the mist- missing files or something? Missing There's pieces. A, missing pieces. That's the name of a long cut of Firewalk with Me. Okay. Missing pieces, like a four-hour cut of the oh. movie, which is worth watching. Oh, also. this is the secret history. So of Twin Peaks. yeah, okay. this is really weird. This is Mark Frost going into like kind of like Freemasons, alien conspiracy theory, Scientology, Richard Nixon in an underground bunker. He tried. It's like if Twin Peaks were kind of like X Files. This Whoa. is yeah. that book. If any of that stuff sounds interesting to you, I would say read it. If none of it does, definitely don't. It's 400 pages of really dense lore, and I don't think Twin Peaks needs lore. Twin Peaks is more about vibes and mood and character, but there it is. They made a whole book of lore, and you find out like everything about Log Lady's husband and weird shit about the mysterious Alcade. And Lynch is official on that lore? No. So essentially, Mark Frost and David Lynch created Twin Peaks together. Together, okay. And Mark Frost is like a famous TV writer. I think he did like Hill Street Blues and some other stuff. And he injects like a lot of heart 
cool. into David Lynch's stuff, and David Lynch is kind of the esoteric surrealist dude. Cool, good balance. And That's Mark Frost cool. does kind of the fun, cute character stuff. Which, if you watch a David Lynch movie and feel like something's missing, it's probably like a bit of the Mark Frost the heart, like, human. Yeah. Well, this this actually thing. leads into the exact. I mean, you've already answered it, but this leads into the question I wanted to ask you: Is like, how? What do you think Mark Frost? Yeah, what does he bring to Twin Peaks? And like, what was his contribution? So, so I don't know heart, where, what he was doing with this book. This yeah. book, I would say, I really avoid unless you're a Gonzo Twin Peaks nut like me. I mean, do you this think one, it detracts knowing all this background? If see, if you had a hard time understanding season three, this will explain most stuff you had questions Guaranteed about. Guaranteed, I don't understand a damn thing when I watch it. Yeah, if same. I watch it, I'm going to come back and be like, guys, I didn't get it. This one, the final dossier, has missing character heart details oh. from season three. So if you want to know... For better or worse, what happened to Annie or what happened to Audrey? It tells you. How's what Annie? To Annie? If you want to know how how's Annie, Annie, dude? How's Annie? <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> it's in that book. Oh so, my god! Yeah, uh, I think they're a great combo, and I think they both don't said they have that, their own views don't on. Don't spoil that you. book. They have their own views on Twin Peaks, Mark Frost, and David Lynch. It was a great combo, but they're though. not like mad at each other. Right? No, nah, okay, cool. no, I think I think it makes me sad when like creators that collaborated on a thing that I love like hate each other yeah, in I don't like real that. life or something. I don't like it. Twin Peaks is like if you want something to get into. You talked about this in the it's past. Like much. I want a universe to get into yeah, 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 about yeah. the appeal of that. Yeah. Well, oh my God. like Twin Peaks is this the is universe like of my like episode. weird, dark magic. LSD surrealist transcendent stuff. That's that universe. Except and if you want to get lost in that universe, that's a good one <laughs> to dive into. And like, while somehow also just being like a metaphor for the human experience, and like the the capabilities of human beings. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I like that stuff. Yeah. I will say though, like I'm. I don't. I, I will tell you the reason too that it's taken me so long is because I don't like when confusing shit is confusing in a very specific way that, like well, confusing and ambiguous which is like twin peaks well that's all of David where Lynch. it's like hey yeah. well it's, here's this me, nothing what does it mean here's nothing and it's like i don't know what what the hell here's the thing though like i hear you yeah i respond with um that's that's an incorrect mentality to go into a twin mm-hmm. uh twin peaks or mm-hmm. david lynch on the whole with i think like it isn't specifically, I think, about, like, what does every little piece of minutia mean? It's about, like, okay, what is, like, the feeling and cool. the metaphor? That's, what, and, that's like, how I watch movies right. anyway. Like, like yeah. give me just the vibes and the feelings. Yeah. It's, cool. like, it. He he's not singularly, but, like, he's he's one of the best. I, I Shane Carruth with Upstream Color comes to mind, too. But, like, the tone and, like, the things you're seeing and hearing are contributing to the meaning even if a certain piece of it doesn't have meaning. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Does mm-hmm, that make sense? Mm-hmm. Where it's like the overall vibe yeah. and like the weirdness and confusion of the thing that doesn't actually connect to anything over here is part of the the yeah. whole hey, he'll use so that thematic like, uh, right. confusion uh, as a theme. Like, it's like yeah. the he monolith in 2001 a Space Odyssey. Right. Yeah. All everything yeah. going on is giving you a vibe, but right. you don't know what the hell but is going on. But also like it, it goes especially <laughs> especially with Twin Peaks the return, like you said before, like the frustration and disappointment and bewilderment and like fear that the show sucks 
is on purpose. <laughs> cool. Like he's doing that. I've to never seen you. anyone pull pull that no off. No one's maybe pulled it Infinite yeah. Jest kind of. You mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Because that's a book that's trying to be irritating. Right. Like make yeah. you go through these footnotes to give you a specific feeling. Right. Of like what it's like to be addicted to being entertained. Right. So I think he attempts something boldly similar, where he's like, like "I'm gonna risk alienating everybody." The form is the function, especially with Twin Peaks: The Return, because. You have to you have to take Twin Peaks season two with a tiny grain of salt because ABC um, wanted more episodes. Ooh. and I don't think they did. Yeah, they were ready to wrap up the, yeah, the story. They well, and ABC also pushed them to reveal the killer, mm. uh, which David Lynch and Mark Frost I don't think ever really intended to sort of do. At least not with so much. Um, specificity mm-hmm. you know so it's like there's a little bit of studio meddling in season two but also season one there's a meta thing about studio meddling because they intentionally they didn't know if the show was going to be picked this isn't a spoiler really yeah. but they intentionally they didn't know if the show was going to be picked up again and season one is only like six episodes right i can't remember so, how long yeah i think it's, it's like six though. or eight or something um i think it's six but um they didn't know if it was going to be picked back up, so they intentionally packed the last episode of season one with so many cliffhangers <laughs> that they were like daring them not to pick the show back up. That's hilarious. It's so funny. It's like absurd. That's it's funny. like the end of a lost episode, but yeah, like nine times but like in, in, in a the, single episode. It's yeah. so it's like, funny. And it's like making fun of soap operas and stuff because it's just like every kind of dumb cliffhanger twist, That's like shock so you could think of, is in there. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. which of the David Lynch movies you said you saw? I've Mahal seen I've Dry seen Eraserhead, Blue Velvet, and Mohan. The all lost, in college, like and highway. I barely remember them. I remember watching Eraserhead and literally being so confused. Yeah, I remember Eraserhead ended, and I it felt like I didn't even watch um anything because I didn't know what the hell was going on. You uh, you've seen Mulholland Drive, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd like Lost Highway. Lost Pullman, highway right? Bill Pullman. Lost, Lost Highway was intense. Rough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I revisited that, and it was... I haven't seen it, it in a long time. It was very bleak. I watched it when I was, like, a teenager. Yeah, me too. And I, like, I liked rough shit Loved when I was it. a teenager. Yeah, I was, yeah, like, yeah. The, wor- the more depressing and awful... Yeah, yeah. Get me a for a dream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, like, Man yeah. Bites Dog <laughs> yeah. or Happiness. Yeah. All that stuff. I was, like, Are we yeah. the same person? Like, <laughs> the, the, I had all those. Yeah, I did, too. Um, Lost Highway is definitely his bleakest and most violent. But it's creepy. It's got the guy from In Cold Blood... What's his name? The, the dude with the weird the pale like, makeup. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, so terrifying. Had some legal trouble for potentially murdering Murder, someone in yeah. real life. It's but he's what? super creepy in this movie. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I don't want to make too bold of a no, statement. No, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Jeez. no. Straight What's his up. Name? Uh, he's from I forget. Whole blood. But anyway, oh, and he's in he's, he's in Money Train as well. Yeah, with, he makes uh, phone calls to Bill Pullman. He's like, "I'm in your house yeah. right now," and it's like, it's so terrifying. It's terrifying. What's his name? Have you seen Cachet? The Michael Haneke movie? No. One of my favorite movies to, yeah. of all time, but it has that it has a similar like I just mailed you a VHS tape of your own house kind of a thing going on. It's so awesome. Yeah. Cache. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh Lost Highway. I know his name, dude. I know it. And Bill Pullman's great. Bill his, Pullman's amazing. He just acts confused. Yeah. Like you should be if you're in a David Lynch movie. You should be confused. Um The problem is I don't know what the character is. I know name his name, is. dude. If you show me his name, I'll know it instantly. This is a uh, fascinating viewing. We're running down the clock. Uh, Robert Blake, probably. That's it. Like, yeah. It's Robert, Robert Blake. Blake. Yeah. It's Robert Blake. Yeah, Ooh. Mystery Man. Super crazy. I saw Mystery Man. It's and even I was like, creepier watching it again, now knowing what happened yeah. with 
that fella potentially in real life. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah uh, Lost Highway, apparently his last actor credit. There it is. Legal trouble, dude. Yep. Um, 97. I will say, as someone, David Lynch is, is right up there for me for favorite directors, but he's someone who I disagree with and get pissed off with a lot. Like, uh, he works with explosive material. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't always cook the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what? Lost Highway, for example. Mm-hmm. I kind of find, and Wild at Heart. That was something I loved. Wild as a at kid. Heart. I, it's so funny. And then I go yeah. back now, and it just feels so cynical. I watched it. If, I watched mm. it in college, and I think I was I was in the wrong headspace or something because I only watched like half of it, and I haven't finished it still. It's got some big laughs, but it's got some like really crass violence in a way that just feels cruel and inhumane. I think yeah. that's what happens if you're doing the stuff Lynch does. If you drop the ball with it, it just feels bad. Well, and that know? like. One questions like how into it Isabella Rossellini was in Blue Velvet, you know, and it's like, I don't know, she doesn't seem mad at him. Like, they weirdly they were dating. During, yeah, either at it's, during that movie or at the end of the movie. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's he's got this weird energy that like, yeah, he just he's one of those guys. I don't know. But they're it's, always gonna like, hey, be controversial yeah. artists, you know, art. Is but at least he's controversial for like the right reason. Yeah. Like he's controversial because his art is challenging. Yeah. Instead of like, by and large, he's not like doing weird stuff in real mm-hmm. life that I'm aware of. Uh, like he didn't get me tooed or anything that I'm aware of. I will say, in some of these books, like interviews with the cast, there are some stuff that make me think twice about David Lynch. Really? Mm-hmm. But I think that's I think that's okay to have criticisms yeah. of. The artists you admire. It doesn't take away from the art. Exactly. Like, yeah. I have a Twin Peaks tattoo. People so obviously, I, I love David Lynch. Yeah. Shit, but I think like people are like very much like it's got to be this way or that way or don't criticize. People give James Cameron shit, and it's just because he is a very intense director on set. Yeah. Like either you hear all these stories of the actors being like intimidated and scared because he's no nonsense, dude. It's like a, a pitcher on a in a baseball team, man. Like on the day the pitcher is pitching, like you better you're all business. Yeah, so it's I like, mean it's like the same with Friedkin or Kubrick. Yeah. Like, they're all psychos. Dude. Yeah, these guys oh, are all. Have you heard stories about Christ. stuff that happened yeah. during The Shining? Oh yeah, like terrifying yeah. actress, inhumane yeah. behavior. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not Damn sure. Good movie. I'm not sure yeah. if that's what it takes. I don't. I think, think so. there's like this I don't myth think of so. like you got to be yeah. like that in order to create I the think, art. I don't think I don't you think can. So, yeah. But I think it's a case where you can kind of look at like your artistic heroes and be like. Maybe some of the shit they but did is not so cool. Yeah. And that's all right. Things are mixed. Yeah. Everyone like, has their own process. Well, true, but, like, I think it's, it's with with some of these guys, it's, like, they have, like, a dictatorial sort of uh, approach when it's, like, yeah, but, you know, take that 60% of the way and then just trust your actors to, totally. like, do their damn job, too. Like, totally. you don't actually have to, like, almost break Yeah. Uh, her neck in in uh, pulling her with a rope in, yeah. in the Exorcist. You know, you can oh, actually gosh. just have yeah, her. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. act hurt. Yeah, I, mean, I will say most people almost unanimously say they love working with him, and that's a nice, yeah. friendly environment on David. I mean, Lynch's he's yeah. yeah. I think that's that's what they've all said. Like, is that it's always very friendly and open, and yeah. So yes. that's that's the thing that I look to is like, okay, he's dealing with dark shit, but everyone's laughing all the time. Sounds like, like a okay. Guillermo production. Yeah, I will say this though: <laughs> if you've had some dark shit in your life you can find a home in some of david oh, lynch's yeah. stuff in terms of like oh you feel you'll feel seen yeah like something horrible that's maybe happened to you or you've gone through something rough and to see that kind of weird surreal 
violent way life can be portrayed accurately. There's, there's something uncanny in No Country for Old Men, which mm-hmm. I hear you talk about a lot, where there, there will be little details about the violence where you're like, oh, that kind of feels real, how yeah. that might have actually played yeah. out. David Lynch is an expert at that. There will just be something odd in the scene. Someone will get shot to death, but they won't fall down. They'll kind of be standing up, shaking. Yeah, even though they're dead, yeah. and they have like all I these think about weird the table in, in Lost Highway, like the edge yeah, of the coffee yeah. table is just like sticks with me forever. Or just like horrific, abusive families and stuff. If you've got anything in your life that's similar to that, to see it portrayed in a movie with like depth and nuance and like ways that feel accurate rather than well, schmaltzy is kind of it's it's a good experience. It can be. Yeah. Again, kind of back to his surrealist take too is like his biggest strength for me is I think like what we were talking about with the return is like pairing strange, otherworldly, uncertain imagery and soundscapes with emotions to me. Like this is why I'm such a fan of David Lynch and film in general is like, unlike any other art form that I'm aware of, like the combination of all these disciplines can be combined. They combine to make something greater than you could just do with like, a simple dialogue scene or whatever or like you know like that's why everyone's like freaking out about a marriage story but i'm like not excited about it because it's like i mean i don't know maybe it is super like cool but if it is just like you know a straight ahead family drama like that's only going to take it so far for me you know whereas like if david lynch were directing that there would be like weird ass like surreal stuff mm. that elevates it in my mind like I'm having difficulty articulating what I mean, but I don't know if you mean know what I mean already. But like, I'm I'm not following you 100 percent this time. Okay, so it to me it's like the combination of the surrealist stuff enhances the emotional impact of the normal mundane human yeah. experience stuff, and it's like because that uncertainty, it his films feel like you're a participant Mm -hmm. along with the characters because he's doing to you what the characters are experiencing also. And that takes guts, I think like skill to, yeah. And skill to confuse and bewilder and irritate your audience alongside the characters. It makes you an active participant. And to me, that's what good art and film is all Hmm. about. Right. Is like you are in it too. Hmm. And I think that that's something that's, sadly lacking in a lot of stuff for me i'm just about characters yeah first priority i mean because then if i'm if i'm invested in the characters then i'm invested in everything and it's just a bonus for me when a filmmaker is elevating everything along with the characters being amazing and me me being invested in them yeah like a guillermo movie where i'm like so into the characters but i'm also so into the art and the world, and the story. Like, I love, yeah, I mean, obviously characters always come first. I just, I love it when there's, like, a conceptual nightmare on top of it, too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a really good example, actually, I love Denis Villeneuve, mm-hmm. is uh, Arrival does really cool with this, because it's, like, yes. it's yes. such a good movie. Yes. But it's, like, if you look at it and boil it down, it's a kind of straight-ahead scientific mm-hmm. method movie. They're just applying the scientific method, learning something new, and it's awesome. But, like, the movie has this ethereal vibe and, like, the timey-wimey stuff. Like, it's so good. And, see, to me, that elevates the feeling of the movie, too. Totally. You know? Ugh. Because also that enemy, and, and like, because that feeling of like aliens and other like so intense, yeah, it makes the human emotions like the small moments yeah. feel even more powerful. I will say, having tried my hand at making 
TV shows and uh, documentary films, like sometimes it's almost impossible to execute a regular tone that yeah. you want for a scene. You just want the scene to work. You want the audience to know this person doesn't like this person or this person likes this person. And sometimes just trying to control a room and actors and cameras and sound and then in the edit to give that feeling, it's really hard to do. It's hard to get a normal ass scene yeah. done yeah. correctly. So when you have people like Villeneuve or Lynch who have tones that are almost specifically yeah. only Fincher. belong to them. Yeah, and they're Fincher's not a good example. just like executing the mechanics of how the scene should be so it's a watchable piece of entertainment. Right. <laughs> they're creating their own particular tone. That that to me is like uh, almost an inhuman piece it's, to do. It's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's truly I mean it's art, you know. Kubrick. Yeah. Obviously. It's like when the form is the function because you're so when you're when you're so honed at your craft that you can ex- yeah, execute on the mundane just getting it out the door stuff. And then iterate on top of that and add like abstraction. Oh man! Do you ever get deja vu watching David Lynch stuff? I've seen most of them, I, but yeah, so I get the I get the same kind of physical feeling that deja vu gives me in real life. Like, yeah. what is this? What am I remembering right now? Yeah. This feels like I'm remembering something, and it kind of is like almost like goosebumps. Yeah, but I feeling. feel like that's what his movies make me feel like. It's like I'm having deja vu about something, and I'm like, what is it? There what are, am I supposed to remember? Well, and there are a few, because, I mean, his stuff feels like a dream so specifically a lot of the time. And I think, like, Inland Empire comes to my mind, um, which I asked the the patrons what they think the single scariest shot in a David Lynch work is. And I got actually surprising answers. Nobody said the one I thought of, which is in Inland Empire, there are two. There's the one where she kind of, like, runs at the camera, and her, she just looks crazy. This is Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Yeah. But then there's one where they're, like, in, she's in a hallway, and then the camera just cuts, and there's just, like, a big face suddenly, and it's all, like, crazy and clowned out or whatever. I jumped so hard. <laughs> it's terrifying. Uh, that movie is so life, lo-fi and bizarre. You've seen it, right? I haven't. I was oh, watch really? it on a recent plane flight. Oh, wow. That would be... Oh, yeah. You tweeted laptop about that. failed, yeah. But maybe uh, it was for the best. I didn't want to freak out the person sitting next to me. Yeah, that'd be plane. a weird one. Yeah. I said yes, ironically, thinking you'd already seen it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, Inland Empire is so weird. And that was in his weird, like, I love DV cameras and autofocus phase. Uh, yeah, I remember before he made that movie, <laughs> I went to see him talk at a blue velvet screen, and he said, film is a dinosaur. Yeah. It's dead, like the dodo, or something like that. Yeah. And then he wanted to do all digital shit. All digital, all not, autofocus. I, th- I had that same feeling. <laughs> I had that same feeling you did, because... It's weird, though. 70mm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see The Master in 70mm? Yes. That was an experience. Yes. I love that shit. Anytime I have yeah. the chance, I, I try to strike. I went and saw Lawrence of Arabia in 70, and that was amazing. Dude. Yeah. Um, first time I'd ever seen it, too. I just love the little yeah. kid. Orens. Orens. I love how they call him Lawrence. <laughs> um, it's weird, though, because like while I'm with you, like I love... Deep rich colors, deep rich and colors. and good cinematography. It's such a treat. It's such a treat. But like, and we live in LA. We're so fortunate, right? We but have hang the on, chance. Yeah. But Inland Empire, weirdly, it works. Yeah. yeah like, because yeah, yeah. it was his like, it's a choice. It, yeah. yeah for sure. To like, this is what yeah. I'm stuck with. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. He was doing it on purpose, yeah. and it's awesome. Yeah. Have either of you seen? Oh yeah, we talked about 
under the Silver Lake already. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you're like friend-mated. Yeah. I hate you. I forgot that I hate you. <laughs> Why do you hate me? He's a nice dude. I'm we'll jealous. Hang, we'll hang out. Okay. We'll go play Gauntlet together. Oh we have God. a tradition of playing Gauntlet. That's so you can so be our third. You can be our wizard. Great. Yeah. I always play the wizard. <laughs> and you can be the knight with an axe or whoever you like in Gauntlet. We'll go shoot a special. Yeah. Yeah. The dwarf. The playing us, playing Gauntlet. Yeah, David. Have them yeah. come in and we'll, we'll stream Gauntlet together. <laughs> and I'll suck at it. Um, anyway... I don't know why I thought of Under the Silver Lake suddenly, but it has good. It's good. It's like it's like Inland Empire, There's but with Lynchian good cinematography. Lineage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lynchian lineage. Uh, whatever. Uh, oh, speaking of Lynchian lineage, though, his shit doesn't come from nowhere. If you watch right. Ingmar Bergman stuff, like Persona yeah. or Hour of the Wolf, if you haven't seen those yet, and I you're haven't. watching this and you love David Lynch, Persona and Hour of the Wolf is where so much no, of I his directing style come from. I haven't um, heard of these. In, yeah, yeah, he's the same way he did Seventh Seal, but they're oh. two of his like more scary, creepy movies. It's uh, funny, like my mom was like a really chill, funny, high energy, you know. She was amazing. But uh, I think Igmar, Ber- Igmar Bergman was her favorite director. It's not a bad favorite director. Yeah. He's up there. Well, and because He's of amazing. that, like, because of the baggage of that, and, like, I know all his movies are sad, I haven't watched any of them. Mm. <laughs> so I've been There'll like, be a lot to get through. Yeah, because yeah. his movies are intense in the same way Lynch's are. Like, yeah. the actors will bring you to emotional places, and, and Bergman and Lynch. Yeah. But also Fellini. Fellini yeah. is, like, a clear reference point. If you see Juliet of the Spirits, which has some cool, like, mystical, spiritual stuff that feels very like David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Manichaean, is that what I'm thinking of? Gnostic earlier when I was saying oh, Machiavellian. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe it's Manichaean. Anyway, I don't whatever. I know Thomas Aquinas, and I don't know much else about the Christian mystics. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we've been going for a long time. I'm going to skip to the next thing. Uh, I talked about scariest shots. Uh Rue Mendez says that the Lost Highway, when the last cassette arrives, um, I won't say what it shows because you haven't seen it, but um, it's good. Uh, David Lingenbrick says the house going dark at the end of Twin Peaks The Return. Totally. Ooh. Yeah. That's great. Darkness falls. I feel like I read it, and then as I said it, I was like, wait, wait, this is a spoiler. But it's like conceptual enough that it's not. Uh Man, that whole the end of the return is bonkers. It's so good. Uh, Leo Luna says the scariest shot that Lynch has made is the in the alphabet, which I have not seen. This short uh, captures a nightmare about a child trying to learn the alphabet. You see it, you have no idea what's going on with her trying to vomit words and blood while she's learning in the learning process. Apparently, it was his niece's dream, and that's pretty much what it felt like. Freaky. Man. It's uh, good. I've seen it. It's a fun short film. I haven't seen that one. I've Freaky. seen Grand, The Grandmother. I've seen that one. I've seen a few of his other ones in college. I watched a few, but I don't remember that one. Uh, Would You Kindly says his portrayal of American middle class at white picket fence neighborhoods. And then uh, Bob sneaking into Laura Palmer's bed and revealing himself. Yeah, that's legendary. Yeah, I feel like David Lynch... Definitely nails something about America yeah. that other filmmakers don't. He takes sort of like the lovable parts of America and shows how dark we really can be, but in a way that doesn't invalidate the lovable parts. Right. He's not like the lovable right. parts are fake. He's like, here are the lovable parts and here are the awful parts, and somehow they feed into each other and they're almost like 
intertwined and they can't escape from well, each like other. That, yeah. That's like, I think, if I were to try to pick a theme inherent in David Lynch's stuff is like, it's certainly true of Blue Velvet and Twin Peaks and many of his others is like, I mean, the complexity of human nature, but like, there isn't a good and an evil and, or like, even, even when there is a good and an evil, like human beings are capable of all of it and we're all a mixture of all of it, right? Like, the beginning of Blue Velvet being like white picket fences and insects, you know, it's just like. There's a part <laughs> where Dennis Hopper looks at the camera in Blue Velvet and he's talking to Kyle MacLachlan, but it feels like he's talking to you, the audience. And he goes, <laughs> do he goes do you're just that? like me. And it's really, really creepy. Yeah. That might be the creepiest shot to yeah, me in dude. any lunch stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. Also, the dude behind the dumpster in, in Mahon Drive. <laughs> uh, Man, Mahondra, it's been a hot minute since I've seen that. That's, I remember really liking it. Yeah, Mahondra. it's really good. Um, oh, boy. Well, the, we've covered a lot of this stuff, I think. Um, oh, yeah, I do. I do. I wanted to mention the notion of like discovery uh, in his work because I do think they're all kind of, they're all very mysterious, but they're also like active participation mysteries for the audience, too. Like, especially Twin Peaks, where. It's not really about who killed Laura Palmer, you know. It's about just, like, what is the real thing going on? Like, what is the message here, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, you're a participant in that. And, like, the experience of watching The Return, like we said, is you, like, don't like it for part of it, or I didn't. And then at the end, you discover what's really been going on, and you're like, oh, my God, I love this now, you know. Um, That's how I felt in The Leftovers. (sighs) I couldn't get there with the leftovers, but everyone <laughs> whose opinion I trust, <laughs> you right. and other people right. whose opinion <laughs> I admire, say it's great once you get through it. Mm-hmm. Where did you quit on the leftovers? For, I saw the first season twice. Because I was like, here I go, <laughs> this time I'm really going to do it. And then the yeah. first season I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> I scrubbed out halfway through season one. I just could but not. But everyone it, who has good taste really gets me. there. He loves right. it. Everyone My roommate taste, loves it. Good. Yeah, several other people love it's it. it. It's maybe it. maybe we should just skip to season two. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> You've I'll seen season one years. twice. I'll check back You've in seen ten years. season one twice. You wouldn't even be skipping. Yeah. Uh, just watch season yeah. two, dude. Yeah, just watch a quick recap of one again. Yeah. And then start with two. I then... already know what how it ends the first season. Yeah. I think. Whatever. I forgot what I was talking about. Uh, anything else? I asked them if there's anything else they'd like us to talk about. These are usually fun. David Lingenbrink said, uh, could you talk about the incredible song The Pink Room from Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me? It's real good. Tell me, I, so I know this movie really well, but I don't know what The Pink Room song is. I'm sure if you told me what it was, I would recognize it, but you probably can't play it. But Let's, let's see. Oh, yeah, I'm muted. Hang on. Oh, okay. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I knew you'd get it. So this is like the Roadhouse song. Yeah. Where like it's playing really loudly and they have to subtitle people yeah. for like three minutes because yeah. the song's playing so loud. And it is gnarly. It's these kids you've seen from Twin Peaks in high school who seem like very innocent and you just see them going through the ringer of like life really dragging them down in this like bar with these old greasy bikers who are trying yes. to drug them up and you're like no just like innocence lost but that song plays yeah the subtitles the song off. is incredible it's and he goes so something you say like you're a blueberry muffin or something weird like that <laughs> yeah anyway 
which is explained in the missing pieces. If no one's seen that, Wait, that's they, the four-hour cut of one Fire of the Walk characters says you're a blueberry muffin. Yeah, I, I think one of the that. Renault brothers yeah. says that. But it's man, explained. the Renaults are so messed up. Bite Did the they? bullet, baby. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <Ugh>. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's a good song. The Roadhouse stuff in the Return is really wild. They're like they're like almost little standalone short film vignette things. Nice. They're pretty rad. The oh yeah, they got a cool bands in there like Chromatics and oh, yeah. Nails play. I forgot cool. that like there are just straight up musical numbers yeah, in, the, yeah. in Twin Peaks: The Return. It's like Saturday Night Live. Like, it's all like of yeah, a sudden. it's like oh now now Nine Inch Nails is here. ZZ Top. <laughs> yeah. Chill. Also, yeah, remember the guy. The guy goes the Nine Inch Nails, yeah. and it's really funny. The, in the credits, they're credited as, as the Nine Inch Nails the as themselves. Nails. Yeah, 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 as themselves. It's so funny. Um, Zach Wojnar. Uh, said, shout out to Lynch's supporting role in the Cleveland show as a bartender modeled after his own appearance. Uh, the image of his character sitting behind a drum set was their cell phone's wallpaper for many years. Uh, oh, apparently, they also added that Lynch was apparently George Lucas's first choice to direct Return of the Jedi. I wonder how that would have turned out. I bet that would have seen a lot more... Uh, we would have seen more of that scary cave on Dagobah. I never knew that. Which planet's Dagobah? Is that a it's planet? It's the Yoda, Yoda. one. Okay. Where Yoda is. Oh, oh, that's my favorite He does planet. the cave and so then he cool. sees the, the face. <laughs> now I know the name. Nice. <laughs> uh, run to Dagobah. Run to Dagobah. Remember that old early internet rap song? No. Yoda, why you be a player hater? No. Oh, my God. You don't oh, know Oh, that's this? like lip. It's, crazy it's lip before everything. Thinker, no, no, no. It's like a cartoon. No. Uh, I'm your father. I'm your father. Never your heard fa- this. You've never seen this? Never. I don't know this. Oh either. my god. Never. It's like it's like internet <gasps> internet first, royalty. First couple of years of the internet. That's awesome. It's on like whatever. Like E Bombs World yeah, or one World. of the Home Star Runner <laughs> yeah. kind of generation. Anyway, whatever. Uh Morgan Mahala, Patriot Check. Patriot Check. No. Nope. Same spot. All right. Sorry. Eric Sayor. I know this guy. Eric. You do? Well, I was on his podcast. We're Hi. internet buddies. Hi, Eric. Awesome. Eric, hey. Hey. He's got a Los Hero podcast. Los Heros. Hope I pronounced it right. Anyway. Oh. Cool movie podcast. Sick. I know that dude. Uh, They mentioned uh David Lynch's quinoa tutorial, and it's a real work of art. I had never heard of this. It's good. It's funny. Have you seen it? Yeah. He talks <laughs> about cooking quinoa, and he's just David Lynch, and- <laughs> If you like his weird personality and yeah. his uh, eccentric timing, yeah, that's all in that. Yeah, he definitely has video. weird timing. Yeah, I need to watch. I look it up. It's funny. I need to. If watch you want to laugh? Have you seen his PlayStation commercial? Ryan Stevens showed yeah. it to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, it has kind of the Apple that early Apple computer where they throw the hammer through the screen or whatever. It feels kind of like that black and white, like steam everywhere. It's like Brazil, <laughs> very Brazil. Um, the movie, not the nation. Uh, Dustin Stroop says, or Strope, I have never watched anything by David Lynch. Where should I start? This was interesting to me. Ooh. Because I don't know where the best starting point Probably is. Probably Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive's going to ease you into it. But Blue I'm... Velvet is... Blue Velvet don't watch with the parents around. I'm yeah. always <laughs> one to go chronologically through directors. It's how I have always and start will with always do it. Starting with Eraserhead. Eraserhead. That's what I did, and that's I was what like, I did what? Too. what? I think that's what... I, actually, no. I, I had the opposite reaction maybe. where I was like, cool, I'm in. Yeah. So I, I did start with Eraserhead. Eraser, yeah. Here's why I hesitate with recommending Eraserhead first is just because it's so lo-fi 
that like if you're turned off by like low like 16 millimeter or whatever like older film stuff like that if, if you don't like that kind of aesthetic it might give you the wrong impression for the rest of his work True. if that makes sense yeah uh the good thing about it though is it's like 90 minutes it's short you get the hell in and out yeah this is an odd recommendation but i would say start with the pilot of twin peaks yeah it's kind yeah. of self-contained it's like 90 minutes also i think yeah and it feels like a conventional murder mystery but it yes. starts to push at the edge of it with weird characters and little doses of surrealism but it gives you some grounding cool. where you're not just in the deep end of the weird shit right. you just get like a taste of it God. yeah i think season one yeah twin peaks might be the best place but even to just start. the first episode yeah the first episode will give you a hint of yeah. what you're in for yeah. if you like that great if you don't, it only gets worse from there. Yeah. It only gets weirder and rougher. And, yeah. But it's a good get your bearings, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Twin, Twin Peaks pilot, Blue Velvet or Mahon Drive can't really go wrong, I'd say. Yeah. 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 Mahon Drive I'm is not. like structurally weirder than the other those other two. Blue Velvet is like Blue Velvet's linear. a hard R. It's a hard R, it's but it's linear. R, yeah. It's like a straightforward story. Blue Velvet's like a small town and the seamy underbelly and Kyle MacLachlan's an innocent kid who yeah. like gets involved in some weird stuff through mm-hmm. his curiosity and Dennis mm-hmm. Hopper is a madman. It's the quintessential Dennis, Dennis Hopper, Hopper madman. Unhinged, Unhinged dude. Yeah. <laughs> yes. David Lynch no said that, uh, Dennis Hopper told him he had to play that character because that's who he was. He's like, yeah. I'm this character. And David Lynch says it's great for the movie, but maybe not so great Yeah, not so Hopper great in real if life. If you're Frank Booth, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be Frank Booth. Blue Velvet feels like movie history, though. Like The yeah. Shining feels like movie history. Yeah. When you're watching Blue Velvet, you're like, okay. Like, if you were, if, 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 if the opposite or, like, dark twin of this question is, like, if you could only watch one David Lynch thing... And meaning, like, not the entirety of Twin Peaks. It would have to be, like, one episode. Uh, if it were one episode of Twin Peaks, I'd say episode eight of The Return, which is that one that's mostly in the 50s and all black and white and has the, like, this bomb is the water, in this the is middle. This the well, yeah. like, full in the sin. Yeah. Yeah. When she eats that frog. I'd say that one. <laughs> but uh, if you could only watch one movie, I'd say Blue Velvet, maybe. Yeah, I'd maybe. agree. Blue Velvet's, like top 10 movies for me easily yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's the only lynch movie in the in my top 10 yeah mm. Mm. i have we have top 10s i don't remember what <laughs> anyway uh aaron says this or iron says discovered david lynch for the first time around 2016 because twin peaks was referenced or inspired so much around life is strangest characters and world it made me want to check out the show and eventually the film's and I loved them. It always weirds me out when people compare The Killing and Life is Strange to Twin Peaks just because they're in, like, Washington. <laughs> I don't get it, Ian. Seattle vibes. Because you, Seattle, haven't, like, you haven't seen Twin Peaks. Like, like there, there's stuff. Here's the deal, dude. The Killing There's, like, season? diners and coffee no, 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 and a murder. Dude, no. I actually stopped watching The Killing because I was like, they're straight up just rip, ripping off Twin Peaks. Like, there, gonna, are, there are exact plot points that are, need, that are literally in both. I need in the to, same order. The Killing is like in my top three shows of all time, so I need to binge Twin Peaks just so I can put this to rest. Yeah. Straight up. I, I really because need to I, hear... I, I put The Killing on to go to sleep. It's my sleep show. I watch it. It's it's literally on my TV when I go to sleep every single night. I've heard you much. say this multiple times. Well, I have every the, time I hear it, it scares the hell out of me. I have The me. Killing and I have uh, <laughs> The Great British Bake Off and Buffy and get a couple of Gilmore Those Girls. Those second two make sense. Yeah, the Killing, yeah. dude. Killing soothing. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. 
What happened to you? You know, it's a Sulu movie, Truman Show. Yeah, Truman Show. Truman Show. With that on. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Bittersweet. That's a, a soothing show. <laughs> the killing is not. Why don't you but throw is on it, Hannibal and go to is sleep? Is it because of just the region? No, it's it's no. like the killing has literal wholesale plot points that okay. happen in Twin okay. Peaks. Um, I don't want to say which ones because it'll spoil Twin Peaks for you. Next time we're back here, I'm going to have a little update. I do not believe you. I'm going to make this happen. Where can I watch Twin Peaks? On Netflix, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Seasons one and two might be on Netflix. Yeah, that'll sure. last a while. Sure. I bet you five dollars, five U.S. dollars right now that in January. I don't even know where my where the hell's my wallet. That's bad. Uh, I bet you that five dollar bill that when we come back in January, you have not watched a single episode of Twin Peaks. Okay. Have some confidence. Have some faith. All right. All He's right. gonna watch all of Patriot and all of <laughs> Twin Peaks. Cause season one's short, right? If you watch, if you come finish Patriot, sounds. if you finish Patriot over the break, I will give you fifty dollars. It's not even a bet. I'll just give you fifty dollars. We'll see this what is happens. how much it means to me. We'll see what happens. But now I'm more committed to to put this killing and life is strange thing to bed, man. Like, <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't understand it. It's up to you. I'm wait, out of the loop. Wait, keep your five bucks oh or earn 50. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Oh, yeah. Quote but that challenge. comment got me really hyped. Life is strange. Yeah, dude. Wow. And I don't think that's because it's just in Washington. Okay. You know? Yeah. One of my favorite episodes of Fringe takes place in, I think, Washington. It's called Northwest Passage. Fringe. I like Fringe. Have you ever seen Fringe? I liked what I saw. Mm-hmm. I saw the first couple. Season one is trash. Oh. And most of season two is not great until, like, the last part. That's how shows used to be. Yeah. <laughs> Where they just get a gimme season yeah. to, like, test uh, the waters. Yeah. yeah. So weird. Uh, anybody got a quote for the quote challenge? You usually I come did, stocked with one or but two. they may be too hard. Try, try, okay. try, try, try. Okay, you'll get it probably. Who knows? Okay, Marzy dotes and dozy oh, dotes yeah. and little amzy divy. A kiddly divy too, wouldn't you? He can't know it. One of these things. Yeah, it's from Twin Peaks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, okay, I got one. This jacket's a symbol of my individuality and my belief in personal freedom. Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it's from a Lynch thing. It, <laughs> um, it sounds like something James would say, or, or uh, is that? It's not also Twin Peaks. Is it it's Blue Velvet? Nick, Nick Cage and Wild at Heart. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And it's when he does, it's got a like, little sense. heavy metal leopard skin. Was it like snakeskin jacket? Yeah, the oh, snakeskin yeah, yeah, jacket. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I've only seen half of it. That so movie's hilarious. I gotta finish it. It's I just too cynical. It. <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. He's holding me back. <laughs> That's it? He's holding me back! I don't know. <laughs> Are you thinking of another example? Yeah, I'm trying to get another one. I'm trying to get another From the same movie? Yeah, this, okay. one, this one will give it away. This is just a dead giveaway. I hate sand. <laughs> it gets everywhere. It's coarse. Something like that. I know it. What is it? Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. <laughs> uh, Attack of the Clones. That's next in my Star Wars marathon. Oh yeah. God. Um, it's it's dude, it's hard to get through, man. Uh, you'll get this one. Uh, this one's easy. I'll show you the life of the mind. I'll show you the life of the mind. Barton Fink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Barton Fink. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. That is such a. We're talking about cinematography. Yeah, as far as favorite shots in movies, the last shot of that movie. Yeah, which is maybe a spoiler, even though nothing happens in it. The last shot. It's the last shot of that movie is like the point of the whole movie. Is that literally the last shot? The well, not the life of the mind. Oh, the beach. It's on the beach. Oh, I need to watch it again. I need to rewatch that. All right, here here's one that you would know. Here's one that you would know. He was carrying fire and a horn like they used to do. <laughs> and I knew, oh, what was it? And I knew something about like, and I knew that wherever that path led, he would be up there waiting for me. And then I woke up. The Revenant. Mm-mm. No Country for Old Men. Oh, I was going to say that. I had a feeling that was that. Damn yeah, it, I was going to say that. It's the last line of the movie. Nice. Then I woke up. I think that's the last line of the movie. Oh, God, that movie's perfect. Can't help but wonder how they would have operated in these times. Dude, that movie's 10. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, that was another longer one. Thank you very much for coming on whatever the show is called, Reaction Shots. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love coming here. I love you guys having you. Love having you. It's always fun. Well, because you you bring an air of legitimacy to this sort of thing. Cause I you doubt that. Yeah, you guys know much more about movies than I do. That's I just not have true. Read every single thing about Twin Peaks. Yeah, that's it. So there you go. Twin, Twin Peaks or Twin Peaks? Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Yeah. Said it too many times. Yeah. Twin Peaks. I lost my way. Though that there's Twin like a Peaks. weird. That's like a weird way to go out the show. We just keep chaining Twin it Peaks. until we shrink away into little. What dot. was that? Was the game? Oh yeah, Code Code Vein. Code vein. For the when yeah. it first came out, code everyone vein. was saying code vein, and then all of a sudden now they're all saying code vein. Code vein. And I'm just like, what the hell? Code when did that change? Like happen? Whole Foods. Yeah. Code vein. <laughs> Whole Foods. Yeah. Whole. Mac and <laughs> mac and cheese. I had an ex girlfriend that said mac and cheese <laughs> instead of mac cheese, and cheese. Yeah. I don't want you to lose this. Oh, thank you. Things cool. I really like that map. Okay, bye. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, wait. Patreon.com slash EZL has uh, joined the $7 and up tier. You can be in the movie uh, movie fan club, the movie tier, and uh, we'll, I'll write down all of your comments, fully intending on saying all of them, and then we'll get to about seven of them. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Sounds like a deal. Yeah, it's a Sign great, me up. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> deal. No, but I, they, they, they have a fun conversation sometimes in the comments. Oh, they're cool. We read them yeah. all. Oh, Even yeah. if they don't we come out on all. the air. Yeah, yeah, I've read them all, and they're all really good. And also, like you guys keep me honest and remind me of things that I might overlook um, and inspire me. And they're fun, cool people. Yeah. yeah. I got to go find my wallet. See you guys later. Bye. Woo-wee! I forgot to do the shout-outs. We have a new tier on patreon.com slash easyallies at the 250 level called shout-outs. And these people get shout-outs. So here they are. Shout-outs for December 2019. L. Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, Will Schmuck, and FantasyCritic.Games. Thank you all. Shout out. Okay, bye.